The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. This morning we're going to be hearing from the team that just came back from Nepal, and I'm going to invite them all to come forward just now. And they're going to come sit across the, across the stage, and uh, we're going to each take a turn sharing a little bit about what we've seen God do and how he's impacted us on, on this time. Come on up, you guys. While they all get settled in, I'll just start. Uh, Jameis C. That's the greeting that we heard over and over again as we greeted uh, believers in Nepal. So our team was made of uh, the individuals on the stage behind me, as well as Shant Manuel from Far Corners Ministry, and uh, we were blessed to be joined by um, Raj and Shant's younger sister, uh, Susan, on this trip as well. So the conferences we were part of um, are similar to the conferences that Far Corners does in India. Um, we were able to take part in two different conferences. One was a two-day conference and one was a three-day conference, and um, they were both in different communities and regions in um, Nepal. Um, on uh, November 15th, we left, and we took a quick jaunt over the ocean and landed in Kathmandu. And um, the next day was a Saturday, and Pastor Kevin had the opportunity to share in church that Saturday. And uh, then we spent a, another day kind of in Kathmandu, and then we headed off to start the real adventure, which was taking part in these conferences. And the first conference was in a town car called Karbita. Car I never say it right. Thank you. Kartavita. Thank you. Um, and it's a smaller region in Nepal, and um, it's actually an area where um, Far Corners had just started doing, um, having the conferences there, and so we weren't really sure what to expect um, because um, they hadn't really built up the fellowship of, of encouraging the pastors to come so that they can learn together. Um, we also had a chance when we were in that region to visit with more pastors and enjoy another worship service um, where Pastor Kevin got to share yet again on the spot. And um, then we headed off to the region where we would do our second set of conferences, which was in Duran. And this is a larger metropolis. Um, and so the churches there are more well-established and, um, and they do get together on a more regular basis than in the smaller regions. And so we had the opportunity to share in two churches that Saturday. So Sammy Cooper shared in one of the churches and half the team went with him to, to support him. And then Pastor Kevin shared in another church and the other half went to support Pastor Kevin. And Sunday started our main uh, set of conferences, which was the three-day conference. And these conferences just allow the the neighboring uh, communities, the pastors and the church leadership in those communities to come together, to learn together, to fellowship together. And we get to be a part of that. We get to be um, blessed to see where God is working and to, to take part of that. And um, the team members behind me will share a little bit more about those experiences, but I just want to encourage you that uh, what you hear today is only a small portion of what went on, and so um, feel free to talk to us, ask us some hard questions, because that's really how we're going to be processing um, how God impacted our lives and also what it means for us to come back here and share this experience with our church body and how we're supposed to be um, living out what we learned there in our church body and community. Thank you. Hello. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Leanne Tafes. 
and I've been attending White Ridge for about two years now. Um, for me, Nepal was very near and dear to my heart, as my parents lived there for about eight years, and my older brother is buried there. I had the opportunity to walk through the area where they lived while I was in Kathmandu, and it was an amazing experience, and I will never forget it. The highlight of Nepal for me was spending time with the team and some really great personal devotional time. The group of people who sit before you is filled with strong personalities, sass, attitude you could not believe. Because of all that, not only did I fit in, we had great team chemistry, so many laughs, and such great support for each other. I was refreshed each day spending time with people who loved to joke, laugh, and had a passion about sharing how God had used the ups and downs in their lives to draw them closer into relationship with him. It was encouraging to see people so outside their comfort zone interacting with the local church of Nepal and the mutual blessing that came about. During the two women's conferences, I learned so much as the women from our team shared testimonies and teaching of God's work in their lives. I was so encouraged at their bravery and commitment in the pursuit of teaching and encouraging women involved in ministry in Nepal. This team was very well balanced compared to other mission trips that I have been on, which I was very thankful for. We had times where we were busy, but also time to relax and refuel, which I found to be so great to have space to engage in my own personal relationship with Jesus. I enjoyed many times of reading, prayer, worship, and being still. I work in a very demanding job and was so blessed by the leaders of this team who valued rest and downtime. Overall, this trip was such a blessing and I enjoyed every moment. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sammy, Jameson. To clarify what that means, if did Shelley didn't say what that means. That This is a greeting we do in Nepal. Everyone sort of does this sort of thing. And outside of the church, you hear namaste a lot. Um, and in the church, you hear Jameson, which means praise God. Is that correct? Praise God. Praise the Lord. So Jameson. So also, as Shelley said, please, please come up and talk to us after um, and ask about stories because we couldn't possibly express all we've learned and, and taken in and experienced in the, the four to five minutes that we each have. We could probably each stand up here for the entire service and share experiences and not have anything that overlaps. So it was an incredible experience we had in Nepal and for myself there was this big question going into the trip as I am neither a pastor nor do I have seniority over really anyone we would be interacting with. So there was this question of given the culture of Nepal what exactly would I actually be doing there? Would I have opportunities to teach? And as it, as it turned out, my, my experience with leading youth and working at camp um, played in well, and I was able to share out of that avenue. Uh, and I, I was given a few opportunities to share in, in front of dozens of pastors, as well as one opportunity that came up to, to actually preach in a church, which was a pretty exciting experience for me, as I've never done that before. Um, <laughs> two days in advance when we were coming to Duran, as Shelley said, um, we, we already knew Kevin would be preaching in our church, and someone, one of our, our leaders came up to us and said, there's actually going to be a few different churches. Would someone else like to preach? So I said, sure. <laughs> and I had two days. And the next day, um, 
in the evening, the day before I was going to prospectively go up and preach in front of a church, Kevin very, very tactfully came to my door and said, you know, we've had a, a conversation and unfortunately based on the fact that you're not an ordained pastor, they would prefer that someone who was would be the one to to preach. So five minutes later, I came downstairs and there was a few pastors sitting at one of the tables as well as Shantz, one of our leaders. And there was a, a brief conversation where they, they found out I had been a part of YWAM. And they, they were familiar with that and that gave them some basis of understanding of I had some training in theology. So there was this little interaction there where they asked, you know, have you ever preached in a church before? And I went, nope. <laughs> and they kept asking a couple questions along the similar vein, and I didn't really quite follow everything they said. They said something about, back in Canada, though, and I'm going, still no. <laughs> but they ended up being okay with it, and so that night I went to my room, and I, I worked for four hours or so wrestling with my mind and trying to figure out what, what I was going to speak on. And I already had ideas, but I, I couldn't quite get it down to a cohesive sermon and through the night God helped me out I woke up at 5:30 in the morning and I wrote a sermon I went to church and I preached my first sermon ever um, in Nepal so that was a pretty fascinating experience for me and it, it taught me to rely on God in a way more than I have before and and also throughout the trip I had this this question in my mind of at what point is what I'm doing here worth all that it took to get me from Winnipeg to Nepal? Am I doing enough to make the trip worthwhile? And that was something that I wrestled with through the trip because you know we had limited chances to share and to preach, but it didn't feel to me like a lot. And I realized that that's sort of a dangerous question to ask of, am I doing enough? Because really the question I should be asking is, what can I do? Because whatever I do, I understand that God is going to use that to bless others. And I'm not going to see the results of things that are going on there. And it also inspires something in me to, to ask myself, am I doing enough where I am now? Because in Nepal, it's one thing. We went all the way to the other side of the world and we're, we're sharing with people, training pastors and this sort of thing. But I've got the rest of my life too. So what else... What else can I do every single day to show the world around me who God is? So altogether, this was an amazing experience, and I'm so grateful that I was able to be a part of this, and we made some really cool relationships and had experiences like I can't even describe. But that's about all the time I have, so you'll have to talk to us more later about that. Genesee. So as I stand here before you, I feel immensely uh, grateful to the Lord uh, for answered prayers on so many different levels. Uh, there was a few months ago, I didn't even know that um, I would be able to go to Nepal uh, because of my eye situation. I um, didn't know what was happening and uh, but, you know, our, our Lord uh, graciously granted healing and uh, 
uh, here I stand before you, not only having been gone to Nepal and then further to India to meet with my family, uh, and the whole time there, uh, I did not wear glasses. Um, now, mind you, I did uh, anything that I had to teach. I had uh, typed it up in big font with double space. <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, here I stand before you. Uh, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for this opportunity of serving with uh, such a wonderful team of individuals. Um, we had a blast, to say the least. Um, and uh, I mean, beyond that, seriously, uh, I was so blessed to uh, serve with them uh, in every way. Um, I found uh, in each of them individuals that loved the Lord who, um, in spite of their weaknesses and faults and whatever mistakes, just like me, um, were so eager to serve the Lord and uh, passionate about God's word. And uh, so that is what made all the difference. Um, and I also, um, so I, I told you, I feel really privileged to have having been, uh, you know, served with them. Uh, the highlight of my trip uh, was the fact that, firstly, the Lord was able to use us in spite of all of our failures and weaknesses. A lot of prayer went forth for us, and I'm so grateful for that. That is what sustained us and was the wind beneath my wings uh, as I taught, in, uh, taught the ladies in Nepal. Afterwards, you know, they blessed me um, and... Uh, encouraged me by saying uh, how much they enjoyed my teaching and I felt so so humbled because it was not me it was the Lord who went before me um, every step of the way uh, on my own I am nothing without him um, and so I give all glory and honor to him um, and, you know, it, it, what amazed me is that even though these ladies were the wives of pastors and they were leaders in their own capacity of, of different ministries, but they just hung on every word that we had to say and they were writing down notes uh, and, um, like, they were just so eager to learn, um, even though I'm sure they could have taught us a lot. Um, we also had some fun times with the ladies, um, all playing some games um, and handing out prizes. So uh, we noticed they were really, really competitive. And uh, so one game we played was uh, give yourself a point. And so I had customized, customized this game for the ladies in Nepal. And uh, so uh, when they noticed that uh, wearing a sari got them more points, the next day, they were all in saris. <laughs> Except that day, we were not playing that game. <laughs> uh, the first day of a two-day conference in Michinagar, we did not have any translators, and so Pramila and I did the translations in Hindi for each other and for Shelley and Leanne. The next day, however, the attendance was, um, was better, and we had excellent men translators. In Tehran, the next uh, city, um, at the three-day conferences, we were very, very blessed to have a, 
a beautiful young gal named Sanju translate for us. And she was such a sweet little thing and very, very capable. She went the extra mile in translating for us, even like explaining in detail concepts that the ladies may not understand um, normally. And, and she was so sweet and humble, and I was very, very blessed to make her acquaintance. The last day, we were um, having breakfast, and we were all ready to leave Tehran. And uh, <clears throat> there was this young man named Daniel who came to see us off. And uh, so he, he just happened to be sitting across from me at the table, and I asked him uh, about his testimony. And um, <clears throat> so, and he proceeded to tell me. Now, we were in a hurry. Um, he was a bit long-winded. I could hardly understand him with his accent. And he was talking with his hand on his mouth. So at one point, I had to say, can you put your hand down and talk? And <laughs> but anyway, um, I, um, his testimony is a bit sketchy in my mind. However, I do, did understand that he came from a Buddhist background. And when he was little and when, he, when the kids were sick, when he was sick, his brother was sick, that they would call on evil spirits uh, to help aid in the healing. And at some point in their life, I think his dad came to know Christ. And then um, subsequently, the whole family knew the Lord. And so what really spoke to me uh, is that um, the transformational power of our Lord Jesus and how that in, in Nepal, in a land that is steeped with idol worship and um, cult and, and, and so much influence from uh, uh, the Hindu India uh, that, you know, even there, there are Christians who are praising and worshiping the Lord and who are going on for the Lord, who are passionate for the Lord. We saw that in, in the faces of every person in the congregation over there. And so we were really, really blessed by that. And, and I cannot end without a side note about Sammy and Leanne. Uh, their new names in Nepal were Sammy Pitt and Leanne Jolie. No doubt they were siblings of, of some very famous celebrities. Got it? <laughs> there were throngs of young girls who wanted to take a photo with Sammy, and a lot of young men wanted to pose with Leanne. And somehow the rest of us were left in the dust. <laughs> I wonder why. And I got a new name too, but I have warned the team, everything that happened in Nepal stays in Nepal. So mom is the word. Sammy didn't tell you this hat we're wearing is Nepali hat. You may look crazy on it, but everybody who was there was wearing it. And these were given as gifts after we finished conferences. I want to first thank the Lord for the opportunity that he gave me to go to Nepal. I wasn't too sure whether I should be going, but I'm so thankful that happened. To go to this place, which was a neighbor of India where I grew up, but it, this place is full of isms. There's Hinduism, Buddhism, and every type of worship of animals. 
and yet was so good to see uh, believers worshiping the Lord uh, as we went to these different churches. We were very well received and we were all the preparation by the women and the men were well received and I heard so much good reports that they they really appreciated us coming there all this way from Canada and preaching there. I also get I got to know the team well because sometimes we see people here like Sammy for example he's up here we don't know him but he, he's an awesome guy and uh, I got to know him well and of course he was world famous because he was Brad Pitt's brother <laughs> and people just pushed me aside and went to Sammy so we were nobody so I also got to know uh, same with Leanne and uh, also got to know other team members like uh, Tim. I know Tim, but I didn't know about his Parkinson's disease and the, the terrible time that it, he has. I really appreciated to listen to his testimony of suffering and how he's facing that and what is Parkinson's. So it really uh, put, puts uh, me and my wife, uh, Sammy, and uh, Tim in our prayer list because they need our prayers. We have a list that we have and we would put them in our name. And also I want to tell a little story about Kevin. I know him well, but Kevin used to play the guitar in that beautiful garden that the hotel had. And one of these uh, ladies who worked there asked somebody, who is that man who's singing? And they told him who he was. She said, my, he sings so sweetly and he looks like Jesus. <laughs> Kevin, I'll never call you a hippie again. <laughs> I'll call you Jesus. <laughs> Finally, I'd like to say this. The translator, Yayub Rai, became a good friend of mine. I love that man because I just heard he, uh, he's not only a translator, but he's a Bible teacher and works with the youth in many churches in that area. I made contact with him. These are the beautiful things about mission trips. We make friends and, uh, and he, he translated for me and, uh, and we got along real good. I'm in connection with him. And I thank God for uh, social media because I can send him resources in so quickly through even a cell phone. And I think, this is what I was thinking. Even if the apostles lived today, they would be surprised how the gospel is going into the most closed areas in this world through social media. Uh, and I see that happening right in front of my eyes. Every dark corner with the gospel is being closed by, by countries. There's a back door open, that's the social media. And they are seeing the gospel through satellites, through even your cell phones. And I can see it myself. I got a connection with him. Unfortunately, I could not finish all that I prepared because of time. I left all my notes and my charts with Rai. And he has told me that he's going to go to churches and preach and finish what I've not finished. And I'm so thankful for that. I also thank all the team members who was so good, we got along really good, there were a lot of laughs, 
and I thank the Lord again for this great opportunity that he gave us and I wouldn't regret it one bit and uh, I thank you I thank the church and also thank Far Corners for partnering with them for these kind of mission trips thank you good morning my name is Tim Haig and um, I was debating what to bring this morning because I knew that some of the ladies would be in their saris and Cheryl said I can't wear mine out of the house. <laughs> I knew that Sammy said he was going to wear his hat and Raj has worn his hat. But you have to understand when they gave those hats to us uh, they had all the men come up on stage and they presented us with these hats and they put them on everybody's heads and then they put them on Kevin and Mai's head. Well we are like ten times bigger than any of their heads. Like they were shocked. They're going like And you'll, you'll see there's one picture. I, I'm very thankful that I actually have my head tilted, and it doesn't look quite as bad as Kevin. Um, but it's just this little cone thing on, his, on our heads, because they were truly shocked at how big our craniums were. But I have to tell you, the, uh, the highlight for me of the trip was, uh, came quite unexpectedly. It came from a different direction than I expected. As most of you know, I have Parkinson's, and so when I go to various places, I try to connect with Parkinson's communities and just see what's going on in the world. So this had crossed my mind before going, and so I had done a little bit of research online and had looked around a bit, but didn't overly pursue it because, quite frankly, this isn't my forte. It's not easy for me to go into a new place, call up some stranger, say you want to come meet me for coffee, and sit down with a, an individual one-on-one -on -one to talk like this. So I was wanting to do it but dragging my feet. As I got there, I get an instant message from an individual that I don't know, but someone in social media who's connected with me, who says, finds out that I'm in Nepal and says, while you're there, you have to say hi to Benita. And Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21 says this, that when you're following the Lord and you come to a fork in the road, listen, there's a voice behind you that will tell you, this is the way, walk in it. And that was God making real that passage to me that day. I heard that voice of God and I said, okay, I'll reach out to Benita. So I found Benita, contacted her on social media. She responded a couple times, but then it died. She didn't respond for a few days. And now I'm a guy in Nepal speaking to a woman on social media. The cultural norm here is gonna be that I don't push this too far. So I just decided to drop it and let it be. Well, before we left, she eventually contacted me again, said, are you free today for coffee? I said, sure, I'm free for coffee. We picked a place where we had been hanging out, and so she came and met me. Fascinating thing about Benita, as we sat there talking, first about Parkinson's, I was with some of the team, and Kevin was there. So this tall, white, long-haired Jesus, she has to find out what he does. So she finds out he's a pastor. And don't you know that Tim all but ceased to exist in that moment? The brown guy from Canada didn't matter anymore. It was all about this pastor. And she began to ask questions that were absolutely blow your mind. Deep, important questions of faith. She made the statement that I'm not a Christian, I'm not a Hindu, I'm not a Buddhist, I'm not an atheist, all those religious forms. I'm none of those. 
but tell me what Jesus thinks about this. Tell me what you believe about this. Tell me about this. And we sat there for a very long time having a conversation about faith that I would have never expected. And it all became came because I listened to that little voice and said, you know, this is the way, why can I do this thing? And so I didn't have to do much. I was the door. I simply turned the handle and opened the door. And Kevin walked in, and God used him in that moment. And that, for me, turned out to be the absolute highlight of my, my trip to Nepal. Now, the second was Queen P. Queen P Pratima, or Queen P as we came to call her. And if you want to know more about that, you'll have to ask me in private. <laughs> Thank you. Jai Masiki. My name is Pramila Rose. Uh, this is my first time ever when I went for a mission trip from Canada. Um, this trip has done so many wonderful, thing, wonderful things to me. I would like to share two experiences. One is very personal with my God, and the second one is uh, the people around me in Nepal and my own team. Uh, the first experience is um, many of you do not know that for the last almost two years some few things have affected me and it has I almost lost my confidence confidence in public speaking facing people and not wanting to connect with people and sometime to be away from church because I didn't do very well in crowd and group. So I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in a bit of should I go or should I not go, but eventually I decided that I should go. <clears throat> when it came for the time, the day uh, I have to leave from Winnipeg two days before, I started panicking almost about travel, facing people, because mission trip, I knew that I need to share, uh, facing people, I need to share things with them. So on that day, my daughter came with me to the airport, and uh, so other team member didn't know very well that how I'm feeling, because I think I hit very well, and uh, my daughter went up to gate uh, inside the airport. So everything went very well. Uh, throughout the journey, I was okay. And uh, the day when we went to, um, there was a two days conference in Mechinagar, and I was supposed to share or preach that day. So the, that was the very first day. Uh, the men were inside the church and women were outside in the tent where we were supposed to have lunch. Uh, there was some confusion as about some arrangements uh, that uh, we did not get uh, a translator or interpreter on that day. So as Pratima mentioned, I took turn and uh, Pratima took turn to 
do the interpretation on first day. And when my turn came in the end to share, I felt I am sitting in an aeroplane and this aeroplane is in a free fall. And, and this aeroplane is going to explode any moment. I was so fearful and I didn't want to face the people at all and uh, doing any preaching. Uh, and my mouth was almost dry. And, and then um, it happens that there was no any time left. And then they say, okay, tomorrow, uh, Pramila, you're not, you don't have to share. And I say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful day. And I came back, had a lunch, and I lay down and pray. And very strange thing happened, and it, it disturbed me so much. And it realized, this is not I am here for. I did not come here to shy away from what I am sent for. And I prayed to God, God, I don't know what to do. And it was like that the whole night, struggling. And next day, even in, when I was in the bathroom and shower, and the feeling was the same. So anyway, like we went there again, second day. And uh, when my turn came and I prayed, and suddenly there was like, I was so warmed up. And the moment I started sharing or preaching, there was such a confidence. And I think that I felt as if it's just flowing without any thinking, without any fear, without any doubt. And I felt so much confidence. I could not like believe myself that I am standing there and I'm facing people and I have that confidence that no fear at all. And when I finished that, and that, continue, that feeling continued throughout the trip, that new confidence that God gave me, I was so peaceful, so happy about that. And the same continued when we uh, moved to uh, Viratnagar, I, uh, I think Daran. Yeah, we went to Daran. So that continued. But I gained that confidence. But what happened, I broke my ankle then. And I was thinking, OK, no, I am going to be on bed now. Um, I, for two days, I didn't go and see the doctor. I didn't know that I broke my ankle. It was very painful. It was swollen. And uh, my team was there. They, were, they really, really looked after me so well. And what happened is then um, Tim was like, Tim was, I gave him a new name, Dr. Tim, because he was always after Pramila, did you do that? Did you do that? And uh, the medicine and everything. I said, yes, Tim, I did, I did that. And uh, then uh, he said, you need to go and see doctor. Uh, and then I talked to my daughter that day, said, yes, mom, you too, you, you should go. So Pratima, it happened. Pratima was going to doctor, and I thought, okay, then I should go as well. So I went uh, there, and Shakti took me, and another person, they took me in a car, and we saw a doctor, and x-ray was done, and it came that there was a fracture in the ankle. Um, so he gave me a temporary cast and I put it on and then I was going around and trust me 
that i was not on the bed the feel the the confidence i felt it was not just that spiritual it was the physical as well the strength and i um, moved did all the activities which other team did when um, women uh, at the run saw me that um, and they come to know that i broke my ankle and two of the women came and they cried started crying i said why are you crying they said we are feeling bad that you came to nepal and you are going with a broken ankle and say don't worry i'm i'm fine and then next day they brought oil for me to do the massage and i said please a doctor said that i can do massage but they still gave me that oil i said okay i'll keep the oil they said we prayed over it i feel so happy that they are so caring so the second incident i want to share about that how blessed i feel personally meeting those people in nepal because they're so loving they're so simple they're so pure in their heart that it touches you their genuine feeling for you they are ready to listen they respond to what we taught over there that was so overwhelming so touching that i felt so much blessed it's not that the we we uh, went there to bless them the word which we are taking from here the word of god it was the blessing two ways that flows from us to them and from them to us that's how i felt that that was an amazing blessing and i'm really thankful to god and to my church that they have sent me there and all the people those who have supported me in this journey in this um, you know mission trip to make it happen i'm so thankful and um, i feel so blessed and i i am taking this blessing and we brought from there and especially brought from there i pass i would like to pass that blessing on to you all of you thank you Now really i think we're all trying to look more like jesus am i right Uh, there's a number of stories that I could share, uh, and not just because they were really good experiences. There were lots of those, but there were a number of things that happened on this trip that I think, if I live on this earth to be 90, I'm still going to look back on those things and say God changed my life in those moments. There were a number of those, and I'm just going to share one. We were, it was a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, some of the team was doing something else, and. Uh, there were a few of us who ended up at a pastor's home for 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 lunch uh for dinner and it was a pastor and his wife and his little girl and we had a really nice time and 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 while we were there we found out a couple of things we found out that after this we're going to be going to a church uh a church out in the country they were going to be gathering their folks together on a Wednesday because we were there so that was nice we were going to go have this fellowship and i also found out that i was preaching uh at this particular church Uh, I preached already on Saturday but I had already decided that I I wasn't going to preach that sermon the same way again and and it was Wednesday so I didn't even have a bible with me I didn't have any notes with me I didn't even have a clue I didn't know what I was going to preach about uh but uh the answer is always yes when you're on missions and so we we get in a car it's like it's you know an hour later and we're we're driving to this church and uh, we get out of the car and I turned to Tim and Leanne I think and I said 
I uh, appreciate your prayers. Let's, let's see what God does. Um, and God did. Um, we had this church service, and they, they called me up, and they said 55-0 minutes is what I had to preach. Uh, with, with translation, that's, that's 25 minutes. That's a good, good sermon. Uh, and so, so I, I got up to preach. The, the, the pulpit looked like this, except there was nothing on it. Um, and I just started preaching. I just started preaching, and I started with John chapter 10, and I went to 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. I spent some time in Philippians 2, and I was uh, in Mark chapter 9. I threw a little bit of John 3.16 in there, and we just went and went and went. And I had the most fun preaching that I've ever had in my whole life. There was so many words to say and so little time to say those words in. Um, yeah, I won't pretend it was the, the best sermon ever, because I'm sure it definitely was not that. But people were tracking, and they were with me. Uh, but there was nobody in that room who was more interested than I was about how the sermon was going to end, because I had absolutely no idea where it was going to land or if it was going to land. But it did land, and it did end. And there was a beginning, and there was a middle, and there was an ending, and it all kind of tied together. And after I was done, I sat down in my chair, and on the inside, I was... I was just shaking, and I said to God, what did you just do? What did you just do? I was so incredibly grateful and incredibly amazed because God gave me a sermon in the moment, and the, immediately the first thing I thought of was when Jesus says to his disciples, he said, he said uh, when you go before the magistrates, don't worry about what to say because the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. And I uh, have no doubt that on that day, uh, the Holy Spirit gave me words to say. Uh, and since, since that day, I've been thinking quite a lot about the Great Commission, and uh, Phil and Monique read, read some of that from Matthew chapter 28 this morning when they did the, did the candle lighting. I'm going to read a little bit of it again. Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And not, not as much because of the going out to the nations part. That would be the obvious connection because that's what we just did. But because of the, and I will be with you always until the end of the age. Uh, we talk, we often talk as Christians. We, we want to know more, Jesus, more of Jesus. We want to see more of him. We want to have a closer relationship with him. And there are things that we know that we need to do to do that. And, and some of that is pursuing him in Scripture and understanding what Scripture, God's Word, says about God. Uh, and also spending time in prayer, speaking to God and listening for God. We know about that. But also, when we go out and do what he calls us to do, he's with us. We're going to see more of him when we go beyond ourselves. And we've heard a few stories today from a few of the people on the team, including me just now, when you're beyond yourself, when you're beyond your ability, that's when you see God working. If that's where he's called you, that's where you see God working. I'm going to share one more thing really, really fast. Uh, it was about teaching at the conferences. Um, we, I, I, taught a different well, I taught a class every day, and, and some of those days went, went, I thought, really well. And then a couple of those days, it just didn't feel that way. I, I felt like a couple of the times, I felt like it just didn't really land like I wanted. And, and then that night, I would lie awake, and I would wrestle about it. Uh, and jet lag didn't help. We were all having trouble sleeping. But, but I had a couple of nights, because of, of how uh, 
those teaching days had gone. I just couldn't let it go. And I had a couple of nights where I, I got maybe an hour or two of sleep. And, and uh, one morning, after one of those nights, I was, I was out on the rooftop balcony at our, at our hotel, and I was looking over some trees. And, uh, and I, I felt like death warmed over. I just hadn't had sleep for, for a while, and, and I was feeling terrible. And I, I said, and I think I said it out loud to God, what, what could you possibly have for me today? Like, what could I, I'm useless. I'm so, so tired. And in an hour, I have to teach a class. Um, and, and as soon as I said that, and it's like I was looking over this balcony, and I was looking at these trees, and the moment I said that out loud, I could see all of these palm tree leaves, and at the end of every branch, there was a little bit of lighter green than what the rest of the branch was. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the new growth, I think, of the, of the season. And as soon as I had said that, I noticed that, and it was like, it, I, can't, I can't say that I know the, the, the mind of God in a moment like that, but it sure seemed to me that God was saying to me, no, I'm, I'm growing you. I'm growing you. Uh, what, how, how I perform that day, how things go, isn't the only thing here. God is using this experience to grow me. And, and that was the blessing that day. And it turns out that, that on those days uh, that I had wrestled all night, uh, those, those days actually did go well the next, the next day. But they didn't have to. They might not have. It didn't matter uh, because, because the truth is, is that when we go beyond ourselves, beyond our abilities to where God calls us, not only are we going to see him work, but he's going to grow us there. And so in closing today, um, let me just be pastoral just for a sec. But to, to, just to ask all of us, what, what are ways that God is calling you beyond yourself right now? Is he calling you to share your faith with somebody at work? Is he calling you to, to ask somebody for forgiveness when it's, when it's really hard? Uh, is he calling you to help somebody in a way that really kind of puts yourself out there? I, I don't know what it is that he's calling you to do, but whatever it is... Uh, the, the greatest gift that we can be pursuing is knowing Christ more. And so if we follow him to those places and we go beyond ourselves, we're going to see him work and we are going to grow. I believe that very much. And uh, on that note, uh, we are going to uh, conclude this time and, and, and sing a song of worship together, but it's also, as Doug had mentioned, uh, our special offering, so we're going to do that now as well. So I'm going to call up the worship team.